0: Welcome to the One Drink with John podcast. Today is episode 26, How to Write a Novel with Jessica Lemon, and this is part two. In fact, we didn't expect to have a part two, but part one <laughs> took so long. And but Jessica wouldn't stop s- talking. Well, so <laughs> that's not true. It just had so much really good information um, that I really enjoyed, and I wanted to make sure that we didn't skip through anything, it's a or big miss, topic when you miss think about any it. points and mm-hmm. you know for for all you guys and uh, so this is episode part 2 so Jessica welcome back
1: thank you to the podcast Amy.
0: and could you please explain what you're doing with your drink what we're drinking
1: <laughs> <laughs> um we are drinking hot tea because it's late here in Ohio, or it feels late because it's pitch black outside, even though it's like seven forty-four. Right, darn you, daylight, um, savings, darn you time. daylight savings time.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, so yes, we have lemon zinger tea, and I've given you a cup and a saucer mm-hmm. because it felt like a cup and saucer moment.
0: <laughs> it did, it did, it did. So I've got a saucer, a cup. On top of that, they match. Uh, these are actually. Yeah. Actually, from our wedding. Our wedding dishes. <laughs> Which I'm glad we picked such a cool thing that's right? uh,
1: that we liked for 21 years. Yeah, I, I st- still really like I, them.
0: <laughs> I do too. We'll have I've to put a this. Few yeah, I'll definitely have to put court. this in the picture. Yes. For the <laughs> yes. But um, so we've got so we're steep. What, what kind of tea was this again? Lemon zinger. Lemon zinger. It's caffeine okay. Free. Caffeine-free, lemon and, zinger. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And honey.
1: I put some honey in there for our voices
0: yes. since we are talking. La, 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 la. <laughs> so we're supposed to steep this for four minutes, which yeah. is now up right oh, nice. now.
1: All right.
0: So let's see. Let me take out this tea bag. are you going to get a picture
1: of this if we're going like, to well, ruin Well, the...
0: you know, it's going to be tough. I might have to use the magic <laughs> of All right. television to figure this out. So I'm going to stir in the tea all right how does it taste
1: mm. it's actually really good tastes like a, a lemon drop almost <laughs> really like a lemon head that's what i was trying oh, to say okay. sorry sorry lemon head candy Not a, yeah mm-hmm. nice little sweet
0: gotcha well it's little way, lemony, way like too me. <laughs> lemony very lemony
1: minus the sweet part <laughs>
0: you're sweet too when you want to be but no it is uh way too hot for me to drink Mm -hmm. so i'll be sipping this in about 10 minutes okay (laughs) all right so on this podcast on part one on how to write a novel uh we were we kind of finished it on dialogue and we're talking about dialogue uh, we were talking about person first person third person
1: point of view Mm -hmm.
0: point of view correct Um, I still couldn't find out what second person is, but I don't even know if there is a second person, but anyway, there's multiple, multiple points of view. Um, we talked about where to begin, um, you know, who to tell about your idea. So go back and check out, um, part one, if you have not already. And, uh, we'll just continue. Was there anything on the dialogue parts that we, we miss after listening to the last episode? I think we went over it pretty well. Um...
1: I mean, just on how to write it, I think we were just talking about listening to the way people actually talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is I, one of my writing strengths. I have writing weaknesses and I have writing strengths and dialogues, one of my strengths, so it came a little naturally to me, and of course you can always improve something that comes a little naturally, but I think you just have to assess how much of a struggle you have with that to see how much work you need to do on it. But do read uh, high-quality authors, also authors that have published a lot of books, you know, that you can go to and kind of read. Every author has a voice. They have a rhythm to their dialogue. Not every author has the same dialogue. Uh, in the last podcast I mentioned, Kristen Ashley has a very specific dialogue, um, and Not everybody's heroes sound like a Kristen Ashley hero. She has a very specific way that they talk. So I think that is going to change how your dialogue works too. But that's, again, that's your, which we haven't talked about yet, but that's your author voice that you'll develop. And that comes through in all your writing, dialogue or not.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So I want to go back to, um, or I want to ask a question, but then we'll go back to the voice uh, thing, which I think is really, really important part of this. Yeah. Um, but one of the notes I had was, you know, what do you do when you go to a... What do you look for when you go to a bookstore? And you kind of touched on it. Um, you're looking for... So let's, let's pretend uh, I'm going to write um, a mystery novel or something mm-hmm. like that. So what would you do? Like, what do you suggest? You go to the bookstore? I um, mean,
1: now and, the bookstore is like online, which makes right. it even harder to sift through. But I... Yes, go to Amazon or go to a bookstore and go find... A section, go find the sci-fi, go find the romance, whatever you're writing, and just start leafing through the books. Like, open a book on Amazon.com. You can read the first chapter usually, right, or more. Right, that's true. You but can see a sample. Get, read mm-hmm. it and just if it, if you like it, if you enjoy it, then maybe that's one you're going to want to read and 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 study. I mean, I think writers all read. You know, we all read. What we write, we read. What we don't write, sometimes if you're only read if you're writing historical and you're only reading historical, you know you might benefit from reading like a horror novel. It might give you a right. different idea for like dialogue.
0: Yeah, and Stephen King talks about that. You know, writers are readers, and that was in his book, uh, which we mentioned in part one as well. Um, Stephen King on writing. But I think another um, point too that's really good, and I know you did this with with your journey on getting published, is. You go into the bookstore, and not only are you looking, you know, you were looking in the romance section. You right. were looking for authors. You know, you had read a lot of these authors or had heard of most of them. Um, but you were also looking at the spines of the book or the beginning of the book. And you can see this on Amazon, too. And it tells who it's published by. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know where kind to of,
1: start. <laughs> right. And
0: you can kind of see what category um, it's in as well. And I, I don't know. I just thought, what do you think of that? Because I think that's, that was, I mean, how did you use that? with your when you were trying to get published the first time
1: well i didn't know where to start you know here i was of course in um true jessica lemon fashion i was ready fire aim and i was like telling everybody (laughs) i was going to be a published author and i literally had no idea how it worked just utterly no clue how anybody went from writing a book on your computer (laughs) to having it in print in bookstores across the country like no idea at all so I was like well I guess I better learn how to do that so I went to the bookstore and like I wrote down I had a notebook with me and I just wrote down you know I wrote down Grand Central and I wrote down Simon & Schuster and Avon and Harlequin and then I you know, went home and I just started Googling. I just started like looking them up. And on their websites, they would have how to get published or if you're interested in submitting to us. Uh, It was a different game back then because you had to have an agent for almost everybody to submit. Um, Some places didn't have agents at the time. I didn't, didn't require agents at the time. I didn't have one. So I was only looking for the publishers who would let me send my book in without one. (laughs) So, but yeah, I think you can learn a lot just from a book, from actually having a book. Now, a lot of people are self-published now, and so you might find a lot of self-published authors. There are a lot of very high quality self-published authors. Just because a traditional publisher isn't attached doesn't mean that the quality's down. They're very, very good as well. So I think you just have to find the book that speaks to you. That is, uh, is like, yeah, I like this. I like it a lot. Ask around. Ask your friends what they read. Who they love. You know, most people will be like, you can't go wrong with like a James Patterson book or like a, you know, uh, Lori Foster book or somebody right, that you absolutely. trust. You know, to write really, really good stuff.
0: That's so. interesting. Yeah, I think that's cool. And I also think um, one of the other cool things that you did. When you went to bookstores or before you were published, is you went to the romance section, and then you pictured where your book was going to be, and you yep. looked at what was the, in the L section under yeah. lemon, and you looked at. It's like
1: I'm going to be between Laura Lee and and whoever came after Laura Lee. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, that's so cool. I did.
1: That was part of my. I didn't really know. I was like, you know, doing vision visualizing or visualizing my success, but I was. I was just excited by the prospect of it and i would go in there and look at the bookshelves and say that's where my book's gonna be someday
0: that's awesome so yeah. i also um just had a sip of the tea now that it's hot enough yeah or cool enough, cool enough. for me to actually have it. it's really really good
1: yeah it's got rose hips in it
0: <laughs> yeah that's which has to be good for my hips right rose <laughs> hips rose Maybe. hips something like that so well, let's go back to, uh, what you had mentioned a minute ago, which was how each author has a, their own voice mm-hmm. and how do you develop that? And in fact, I, I don't, I mean, I think it just kind of happens. It's not like you're really right. saying, Oh, I'm going to write my voice. My voice is this. I think it's just kind of,
1: it develops.
0: it's as it's, it's your writing style, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it has to do with your personality sure. as well, mm-hmm. what you like, what you do. So Let's, well, explain kind of what your voice is on most of your oh books. Oh gosh, I'm so bad at describing okay.
1: myself. I really am. I always have to ask my well, agent, and I was like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, I think um, uplifting, I have, my, my books are very uplifting. My characters are always striving to be like better people. They're, you know, right. trying to get this business built or trying to help this person or
0: high achievers um, or yeah, usually Mm -hmm. because
1: it's what I'm interested in. Obviously Mm -hmm. I love success. I love achievement. Right. Um, they're funny because I'm, I like to be funny. I, I think there's, you and I have talked about this so many times, like there's just no greater payoff. Then it makes somebody laugh. They, you, you say the right <laughs> yes. thing at the exact right moment and everybody laughs. It's fantastic. So oh, it's the best. My favorite reader letters to get are the ones where I thought this was so funny. Or that part cracked me up. So um, that's definitely part of my voice. But then there's just sort of a rhythm to your writing that just develops while, as you practice. And that is something that just evolves. You know, where you go, oh yeah, I'm reading uh, like I said earlier, Kristen Ashley book, right? Yeah, or she Lori a Foster or something. Like, you specific, know, this is how. Yeah, they have is a how... to it. So, yeah. um, again, I'm not the best judge of what that is. I just, I can't see it in my own writing, but I know it's there. Right. Uh, one of my favorite quotes that I've ever gotten from a reviewer came from a blogger called harlequinjunkie.com, and she reviews books. And the quote was, Nobody But Nobody Writes a Bad Boy Like Jessica Lemon. And at the time I was writing all these books with bad boys in the title, I was getting raked over the coals by, by reviewers and other people are going, this is not a bad boy. This is not a bad boy. Right. And my bad boys were different than the other bad boys on the market. So what started out as Jessica's not conforming, Jessica's not playing by the rules, made me stand out from everybody so it's
0: actually a a positive then so it was yeah and i think it seemed like it had the the market and and things had kind of shifted after the 50 shades of gray where you know that was a bad boy and Mm -hmm. he had to do these horrible things and be a horrible person or whatever it is they're just
1: dark and broken and broody and then i come to town with like all these bad boys and they all have like really close family relationships you know i've got kids involved. All the girls have like girls nights out. All the guys are super kind and they're still like really high octane, sexy, sexy books. But the guys are just so easygoing and laid back and guys you'd want to marry. You know, like it it was a different, they were just a different breed, I think. So not that I like, you know, was the only person writing guys like that. But I remember kind of taking some heat for that and I had to stand behind my, my brand. And say, yeah. well, that's just a Jessica Lemon bad boy. So. And what's
0: interesting is now that you've, you know, you've, you've got your 30 books published and more on the way. And it's just interesting how like that is something that people look for. Like people yeah. are looking for a Jessica Lemon bad boy. Like we love those, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it's kind of interesting how you kind of, it was something that, you know, some people gave you a hard time about on some reviews, but then, you know, you don't get that very much anymore. No,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you get bad reviews sometimes, but right. it's not, well, num- yeah, you I'm can't not new those, anymore. So. When you're new, people are kind of like trying to figure out what box to put you uh-huh. in. And so I was, they're not used to you, no, that makes No, when I was very new, and I had gone from writing billionaires to bad boys, and then I wrote billionaires again, and that just became my thing. So then I was like, oh, this doesn't make any sense, do I write billionaires or bad boys? Then my editor asked me to write a series called The Billionaire Bad Boy Series. And I was like, well, there it is. I write billionaires and bad boys. <laughs> so that kind of became my thing. But um, yeah, it just kind of develops. You know, I don't know that you can really predict what your thing's going to be until you're actually in the middle of doing it. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have, you know, going from your first um, series of books that you had published, you know, to now, I mean, just totally different. Like you oh, would have yeah. never known what would have happened in the bad boys and the billionaires I mean that wasn't really what you had started with so much I mean of course he was was Shane a billionaire
1: yeah tempting the billionaire but he he wasn't he wasn't when I sold the book I think I just said he was a millionaire and it wasn't the part it wasn't the point of the book at all but my editor said we want to make him a billionaire and I thought Okay. It's not going to change. the. It's fiction.
0: You're like, yeah, you go through the book <laughs> well, and you're like, well, like, so I much, put three zeros on so his much, income. <laughs> not so much that,
1: but he was already very wealthy and had this huge established business and it just didn't, it was a great title and it was right. again, it was right. This was right after 50 Shades of Grey and everybody was so interested in billionaires at the time that it was a great marketing standpoint to have. And so we just put a B on it, you know? So, uh, Yeah. But he he was very wealthy to begin with, so that didn't change.
0: So just find and replace all the M's with the B's, all the millionaires (laughs) with billionaires. So pretty easy, pretty easy change in your manuscript. (laughs) So what, um, so one more uh, or another topic I wanted to bring up was, you know, when you're, when you're getting your book together um, and you're writing, should you use uh, like a a formula? uh, And again, it's going to depend on what somebody's writing. Uh, I mean, formula like like a trope or something, because you know, mm-hmm. romance novels have a, a way that they normally go. Mm-hmm.
1: Meaning, um, in the beginning, you have a meet cute, which is mm-hmm. where the hero and heroine bump into each other in some usually cute way, right? Right,
0: right. meet cute, got um, it. Okay, and
1: then you have obviously your all your romancy things going on you might have a trope it could be a cinderella trope it could be a playboy trope that the guy's getting reformed he's never been in love before he's falling in love for the first time it might be a mistaken identity which i've written before where the hero doesn't recognize his best friend's younger sister because he hasn't seen her in like a decade and she looks totally different so he has no idea who she is when he's romancing her um uh, there's all kinds of soap opera tropes. There's back from the dead. There's right. surprise baby, right? The, the, the heroine shows up pregnant. Surprise pregnancies. Um, so yeah, there's...
0: But as a trope... So as a as a romance novel normally goes, though, yeah. you have the meet cute. Yep. Then you have the... You have the, the story. The story mm-hmm. in the middle. And yep. then there's the black the moment. The black moment.
1: The dark moment of the soul where right. um, they break up because it's like all is lost in the book. And then in the last um, little bit of the book, they find their way back to each other and live happily ever after. And that can end in, a, in myriad ways, you know, right. with a proposal or with a... But that's
0: kind of the formula, too, on, you know, tons of movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, sure. you're watching a movie, you know, Action Bat- movies Batman. all have their... Yeah, action movies are like that. There's sure. always the dark, the black moment. And then it's it's the always
1: it always happens in the fight. Yeah, right? the fights, yeah. They're, they're fighting and you're like, he's the good guy's winning, he's winning, he's winning, and then he's totally getting his ass kicked. Like and right. then you're like, There he goes, he's not gonna make it and then right. somehow he like
0: Yeah, that's like the black moment in the fight scene. Is, yes, yeah, the, and he
1: gets this like last the, burst of energy and wins yeah. at the very, very <laughs> end. So yeah, I think there are I mean, I think formula gets like it's like a dirty word, but it's it's not really a formula, but more of a structure. It's more of a structure. Story
0: structure, okay. Yeah. Well, it's interesting though, like people will be like, oh, you know, I want, want to read something new, but they don't. They want to have yeah. the predictable, uh, predictable is probably not even the right word, but I guess kind of, you familiar, You, know, familiar, you yeah. want it
1: to be familiar. In romance, you, a romance book is not a romance unless it ends with a happily ever after.
0: Right, it needs a happy ending. That is the, the definition ever, ever. Yeah. of
1: a romance novel. So, so, yeah, we want that happily ever after, even though we know it's all going to work out there is that moment where it starts to fall apart. And within that structure, there's all these really fun opportunities to make it new and different and put your own twist on it. So,
0: Right. I guess it kind of goes back to what, what Tony Robbins talks about, like the needs that you have as a human yeah. being, your need for yep. certainty and for uncertainty. Yes, that's perfect. So the certainty is, if somebody picks up a Harlequin especially or whatever mm-hmm. romance novel, that they know that there's going to be you're I mean, your here there's going to be a black the moment <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah. going to be happily ever after yeah. um but how they get there and what happens in the characters is the part that's uncertain. that's the new part yeah, yeah it's what
1: um when tony robbins was talking about that he had said it's why we watch movies we've already seen before oh right because we want that certainty and right. yet... We
0: know what's going to happen. And yet we're
1: hoping we're going to see something we forgot about the last time we saw it, which is the uncertainty part. So. Right.
0: Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I like that. Look at us bringing up Tony Robbins. <laughs> love that guy.
1: We're going to have to have him on the podcast.
0: Yes. Definitely get Big Tony on the podcast. Let me put that on my list. Man, this tea is really good. I know. Man. I you know. put just enough honey in it, too. It's I love yummy. it. My throat feels all nice. All right. So... <laughs> <laughs> So the uh, the next question, um, and again that everybody's different, but I just kind of get your thoughts on this. But mm-hmm. how long should a book be?
1: Oh, um, good question. Depends on the genre, I think right. is the easy answer.
0: And I think this is probably kind of goes back to what you talked about when you're going to the bookstore. Yep. You know, if you're pulling out, you know, a, a, a mystery novel, or even if you're writing, I mean, you could be writing something completely different. But um, even within um, romance there's multiple types of books oh, yeah. in different mm-hmm. sizes yep. like harlequins so what what have you written like what's an example of the, okay, the so size of books for you've written?
1: example i have written um full length novels at a bunch of different lengths a single title novel is typically defined as a novel that's eighty five thousand words or more I don't know how many pages that is. Maybe 400, you know, okay. right around that point.
0: And yeah, usually then, word count is what they go usually by. Usually word count, so. But I mean, yeah. you can tell if you're looking at the book in the store, like, okay, these yeah. books are all the same. So know, that's so let's say that's,
1: yeah, 350, 400 pages long, right? Mm-hmm. And then... The Harlequin novels that I write, those are only 50,000 words. They're still full romance stories, but they're quite a bit shorter. That means you got to get to the action right on the first page. You don't have any time to like set the stage, right? You got to get in there and get yeah, started. So that
0: affects the pacing too. Sure. So if you're going from a book that you wrote uh, that you're writing that was, you know, almost 100,000 words right. down to something that's like 55,000, it's a completely different pacing yep um i i would guess that you don't extend the scenes and you don't give it maybe as much detail or just don't add yeah you you would
1: you would set the scene obviously you know give details about the house or the place that you're in but i think for me i think the main difference between writing a longer novel versus a shorter one is where you start so for example in one of you know my bringing home the bad boy the first novel my it opens and the hero is they just moved out of their house they're like going to their new home in this new town and he's reflecting as he drives through the town about what he's all he's lost all he's leaving behind his son's in the back seat they're talking he's thinking about where he's going there's like a brief flashback back to his wife who had died several years before. That's more of a linger, Like, it's kind of easing in you in, right? Like, you and I are going to be on this journey together and you're just kind of like, we're here here we go
0: well it's the difference and, too sorry to interrupt but it, it just kind of like the difference between if you're watching you know a series on netflix yeah. and you can watch a series that's later on tv show that's like 30 minutes sure and then watch one yeah. that's an hour that's a great example. and it's completely yeah. different pacing like you know there it just things happen faster mm-hmm. you know for the shorter ones and sometimes it's drawn out so but yeah. what were you gonna say i'm sorry oh no,
1: that's okay <laughs> so in that so f- just to contrast that book with the one that i have coming out in february like in his forbidden kiss, on the first page, it opens with the heroine running down a hallway in her ball gown. You know, with her heels, like, clacking on the floor and hiding in a closet because she knows her date's going to propose to her. <laughs> so it's wow. just a difference of where you start. Like, on the one hand, we're, like, we're on this, like, l- like this kind of rolling hills journey. And the other one's like, bam, you are in it. Right? Now oh, she's... I
0: see. Yeah. So all, all of a sudden, you're just right in the middle of what's going yeah. on. Like, so the action and stuff is For me, already.
1: that's where I start. Okay, when that I makes start, sense. For example, a shorter novel, I try to go, what's the most exciting thing that could happen? And just drop people right in the middle of it. Now, you can do that with a 100,000-word novel. It's not like you can't. You can do it however you like, but that, those two examples came to mind. And I've written mid-length, you know, which are still full novels that are right in between. They're 70,000 words. I've written novellas that are uh, anywhere from 17,000 to 30,000 words. So, yeah. Short stories. (laughs) I've written them all. I don't know. So
0: again, I think it's part of the research at the beginning to see what you want to, you know, what kind of book you want to write. And Um, I do
1: think that's important because it's going to change how many elements of the book you put in it, right?
0: Yeah. So if you can figure out what size it is, um, yeah. And and the idea is you go to the bookstore or go on Amazon, you find books that are similar to what you want to write Mm -hmm. and just be like, okay, this is... You know a hundred thousand words, or this is whatever it is, or maybe you just want to write a short story, and it's you know thirty thousand words or twenty or you know forty mm-hmm. or whatever and that's a um,
1: totally different pacing right, yeah,
0: so that no, I think that makes sense, and then another question along these lines um is how long are each chapters each uh, that. chapters that's really good English, <laughs> my gosh, how long are each chapters excellent. <laughs> I did get an A plus or A minus in English two in college, that so I'm must not have a been complete how you idiot. Lost that plus, Oh my gosh! Right? I'm like reading the screen and looking at my T, and I'm I like, that isn't good to read chapters." Anyways. So,
1: how long is an average chapter? How long that are also that also is going to depend. I mean, I once wrote a short story for Harlequin that I think is still online. It only stays up for like a year, and it had to be ten thousand words.
0: Okay, and have so that's t- normally, sh- that's pretty short it's for what very your-
1: short. 10,000 words and 21 chapters. Whoa. Oh, yeah. That's
0: a lot of chapters, right? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: That's short. That's like boom, 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 right? Those, right. Those chapters had to wrap like fast. Right. So, now that was very specific. <laughs> yeah,
0: each chapter is like three or four pages yeah. then, probably.
1: Yeah, it's too- well, shorter than that. I mean, oh, it was, wow. I it guess was a tiny words. little book.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, really, really fun and a big challenge to do, but... In a regular book, I have to tell you, I don't think most publishers will tell you that it matters. Okay. I, I have friends who write a a book that has fifty chapters. My books usually have twenty to twenty-five chapters. So that changes your chapter. Okay, length. wow. Okay. Some people end the chapter when they end the scene. The okay. scene is done, that last line, drop that last line in, start a new chapter. Last line to
0: hook them to yeah. get to the next chapter. I write a chapter,
1: okay. usually it'll be 2,000 words long. If you're looking for something concrete, write chapters that are 2,000 words long, right? Or you can say, my book's going to be 80,000 words, I want 20 chapters. I will write 4,000 word chapters.
0: Right. You know what I mean? So you can do
1: it however you like, but I think if it's under, over, short, long, it doesn't matter.
0: So it's almost like, um, well, like you said, I mean, you have friends that write romance and they have a completely different, you know, same, you know, let's say it's a 60,000 word book. Yeah, same length. And yours are, you know, you have 20 chapters and they have like And they have three times. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then there's always an outlier. I think you always have the authors like Stephen King who writes 1,000 word books. You know, and he, cause he can. He writes yeah. these giant, he can sustain a story for a thousand pages. Did I thousand say words? Page. I was like, <laughs> I was, you said a thousand word book? <laughs> like, and I I didn't I'm like, say that's that the, right? I'm like,
0: this is great. If Stephen King can do it, we I can do it. We are never
1: recording a podcast this late again. We oh are punchy. <laughs>
0: That'll teach us. T- we should have put
1: books. we should have put bourbon in our tea. Oh my god, I know <laughs> that right? is just straight that tea. I
0: think yeah, I think that's the uh, so. Problem. Yes,
1: so somebody like Stephen King can sustain a thousand-page book, right? right? Somebody like Kristen Ashley writes romance novels that are six hundred pages long, which is virtually unheard of in in one, romances. Yeah. You know, they're long, they're chunky bricks of books, and I. I just love every single page of it. So there's always... I don't think you should get too tied up in the rules, but if you are going to publish for a publisher, they will have very specific requests. And especially if you are wanting to get published for print. You can't just go over your word count oh, right for and put sure. 50 extra pages in a book that they've only budgeted this many for the printer right. you see what i'm saying so right. and do. they have their
0: guidelines um especially if they're taking yeah. submissions yes they to, do. and we'll get to that in a minute but yeah that, you know you if you can look again you go to the bookstore you find the kind of book that you're looking to write get an idea of the word count or the page count And it sounds like chapters, the chapter size can just vary depending on uh, probably publishers, and and it sounds like different authors have different. So that's not. And you know, I never pay any
1: as a reader. I never pay any attention. Like obviously, yes, you know, you note that you are you are going to a new chapter. You do notice that, but I don't read the chapter number. I have no idea what chapter I'm on ever.
0: Just reading through it. I'm just reading it. Yeah. Interesting. All right, so let's talk a little more. And I think I'm gonna sneeze, and this is gonna be terrible. Okay, hold on.
1: This is the worst podcast <sighs> ah, ever.
0: Okay, yep. I think I'm good.
1: I don't know. I thought your rose hips dance. Might <laughs> rose have been.
0: hips? Hey, I was dancing. <laughs> Nobody saw me dancing. <laughs> you
1: so. had like a little cheer there. That was interesting. That might have been the low point. I'm not sure.
0: Man, if I sneeze, that would definitely be a low point. I think I'm good. <laughs> sneeze with tea out my nose. Anyways, all right. So let's talk a little bit about. Um, so you know you've got the idea you're working on your novel you're writing So let's say that you have a job and you're trying to work on this book like most people do mm-hmm. um, what amount of time should you be should you spend writing like what mm-hmm. you know a day a week what do you think I mean let's start with what you did because yeah. I know you had, I know that you had a job because I'm married to you. <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. But no, I know that you had a, a job yeah. or two, multiple yeah. jobs at times, when you were writing. And
1: I had to fit it in around. Yeah, so what know.
0: what is some advice that you would give?
1: I mean, I think you have to be very realistic about how much time you have. And he's giggling again. Oh my gosh.
0: I don't know. I'm, are you okay? I don't, Seriously, I would be fine. No, film, I was going to.
1: We can't film. And now I just said film. <laughs> we can't record these this late. Oh this gosh. is ridiculous.
0: I was about to sneeze. Sorry. Go ahead. But yeah, so. So
1: you have to be realistic about how much time you have to dedicate to it. If you right. are going to get up every single morning at 5 a.m. and write for one hour before you go to work, then that's right. how many hours you have. If you. Right are too tired when you get home from work to sit at a computer be honest with yourself about that if you're only writing on the weekends be honest with yourself about that so the best way to calculate it is as you start writing set a timer and figure out how many words you can write in a sitting so if you write for 20 minute jogs or if you write for 30 minutes or if you like a whole hour there's um we used to do a thing online i don't know if they do it anymore but it's a hashtag on Twitter. It was called 1K1HR, which stands for okay. 1,000 an hour. Right? So 1,000 words in an hour was typically the goal. And we would do these writing sprints where you would set your timer for one hour and try to write 1,000 words. Some people were under. I usually I write fast. I would usually go over. I'd hit like 14, 1,500 in an hour. So I think once you figure out about how much you can write, then it's just math. Then you know you're writing an eighty-five thousand word book. You know you can write a thousand words an hour. You know you have X amount of hours. Then it's just scheduling, right?
0: You're so taking totally off weekends. You're yeah, if you're, in, yeah, and if, yeah, if you're gonna, yeah, the idea is if you want to get the book done by you know you want to get a book done in six months or a year, whatever mm-hmm. it is, depending on the size of the book. Yep. Um, then you have some idea, and then you like to break it down to usually weekly uh, or daily. Like okay, daily. I have mm-hmm. daily, right? Yeah. So you're like. So I write yeah yeah i write. write
1: monday through friday and depending on the book and how much time i have to write it um 2000 i think 2000 to 3000 words is a comfortable pace for me now it doesn't mean that some days i write you know some days i only write 700 words some days i write 5000 words so those days do happen but i think to Have that as a goal, that 2,000 words, will make me go, oh, I'm just done. When I have 800, I'm just totally done. But I'll make myself go one more hour and hit my goal. So it does really, really help to have an end date in mind for when you want to have it written. And a goal for the day that you're writing or the week. Some people do 10,000 right. words yeah, this and, week or whatever. Yeah.
0: And if, and obviously those are big numbers, um, at least for me as those far as numbers as mm-hmm. slow as I write. And also, I mean this, you know, this is your, this is your drop. This is your job. This is your yep. career. This is what you do. But yeah, I mean, even if people are just doing, uh, I mean, um, a friend of ours that we know talks about how many pages she does. Yes. You know, she'll write how many pages like, She
1: writes 10 pages a day.
0: Yeah, like okay, I'm writing which 10 pages which is about 2500 words. A day. Is it okay? 2000. So words again, a day. that's a lot. Yeah. So but anyways, <laughs> it could be just like, hey, I'm going to write 2 or 3 pages a day or I'm going to write 500 words mm-hmm. like whatever it is. I think the progress and the consistency is what happens. Yep. And like you said, if you can figure out how fast you write and then you've got uh, you know, say so you're a single mom and you you know, you drop the kids off and you've got an hour to write, you know, you know that you're going to be able to write 500 words. And mm-hmm. well, then you know that you can, instead of giving yourself a goal of, Oh, I'm going to write 2000 words a day like Jessica. Well, there's no way you can do that. You right. don't have enough time, you know, and you're not, you know, able to write that fast or maybe it's, you know, your book is a little more technical or something as well. And it's, it's slower and everybody has their own process as well. Yeah.
1: So. I mean, on a day that I write, my 2,000 words and hit the goal, one of my friends might be like, yeah, I wrote 7,500 words today. I mean, we, we all have a different pace and you can't really compare yourself. We all get the book done. We all get it done. It just depends on right. how you work, you know, your right. pace and how long it takes you to do it.
0: Now, do you have any advice? Um, and I think you've done this, but maybe not. But um, any advice on you know where to, to to leave your writing for the day um i've heard people say that they leave it at, a, at an exciting part or something mm-hmm. so that way they can jump right in the next day yeah. or do you do something like that or it, is that helped you
1: yeah i like to i really love to finish the scene or finish the chapter um that's not the best for starting the next day
0: <laughs> right <laughs> because yeah. then you're like, you're like oh uh-oh. i left <laughs> off
1: and now i have to start this new chapter Um, but I have I've heard of people stopping mid-sentence I would never do that Uh, that I'd lay awake all night worrying about it if I stopped mid-sentence But um, I'll just share something from within the romance community it's really hard to leave off on a sex scene and then think oh this will be easy and you can't write it first thing in the morning you just can't (laughs) It's like too early. There's, you need coffee. You need to warm up. You feel like you're just getting, sitting down with your characters and you're like, all right, guys, get to it. It's like, it's too much pressure for first thing in the morning. So I don't know. I like to finish the scene I'm on, finish the chapter I'm on. And then I usually write a sentence or two about the next scene or chapter for the morning just perfect. just to like give myself a little jump start if i'm
0: thinking uh-huh. okay, okay well, this that's, that's a good idea not
1: now i don't always know exactly sometimes you do have to sleep on it and it'll come to you in the middle of the night or something but if i have an idea where oh then i'll do this i'll write that down myself in the morning so that I'm not starting with like a blank slate.
0: Yeah, and that kind of leads to my next question. I was going to ask you if you know when you get started the next date I, I would guess that you'd kind of read back through the last mm-hmm. few pages or a few sentences or whatever at least to get an idea of where you are so you can kind of yep. flow into the next chapter or the next section that you're writing. Yeah, then or, I
1: do. I heard a lot of writers talk about not doing that, how you should write your first draft and don't look back and get it done and just keep going. And that didn't work for me because I needed a little refresher from what I wrote yesterday. So just to get in the rhythm of it, I will go back, maybe not all the words I wrote, but I'll go back to maybe in the middle of the last chapter where I stopped. And I'll just start in the middle and I'll start reading through and I'll even edit a little bit Mm. just to kind of warm up and then by the time I'm in the flow and I think, oh, yeah, okay, now I know where I was going with this, then I'll, then I'll start. That
0: makes sense. I way. guess it would be, you know, it's got to be pretty difficult to, to restart, you know, because that's what I do or what I've done. Um, you know, I kind of read back through what I wrote, you know, where I am um or even they would check the plot we're like okay what scene am i am i working on now mm-hmm. um, and what happened before so no that makes i think that's
1: the only thing i would caution you is don't go back to the beginning and read yeah. don't go back to chapter one and start reading every time you sit down to write because what you're going to do is you are going to tinker around with chapter one until you can't tinker anymore and you'll never finish your book. So you do have to at some point go, good enough. As long as you are clear in what happened, you know, if you have to look back, obviously you have to look back and go, what did I name her mom <laughs> or something? Right? Or some right. detail. That's sure. fine. But just don't get so caught up. So go back up. a
0: little bit. Yeah. That, that, don't oh, get I caught totally up in that. editing yeah. as you go.
1: It's not a good place to be. Editing happens later when you have the whole book in front of you and you can see like, You know, sometimes you can't see, what's the phrase? You can't see the forest for the trees, right? Right, absolutely. You have to have the whole thing written before you can really step back and see the whole thing. And so a lot of the edits that I would do when I was learning how to write, you would tinker with a scene. I'd go back and change a scene and change a scene and change it again and change it again. And then you get the book done. And then you go back through and edit and you delete the scene
0: Mm -hmm. that you
1: messed with. Mm. right for like hours and hours and you're like why did i do that so some of it's a learning process i get it but i'm just saying it's not that
0: makes sense but i know i think you're right yeah i think you should go back a little bit but yeah as far as going to the beginning start the beginning i mean that's silly especially if it's a long book that will take you all day like right you also don't have you may have limited time on which you can write so yeah all right so let's pretend like we've gotten the uh the first so let's say we've got our shitty first draft done yep um,
1: Congratulations.
0: Awesome. Well, yes. thank you.
1: You should so excited. definitely crack open a beer or some bubbly, bubbly water or something. some actual bubbly yeah, some <laughs> to
0: bubbly. celebrate. So, my first draft is done. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I do? And yeah. if it's the first, and I'm talking like first raw, the first crappy raw first draft.
1: draft. Um, I think the first thing you should do, I mean, after you celebrate, obviously. Right.
0: Just take a time out. Yes, right,
1: right. Is set it aside. Yep. Right. I think you need to pretend it never happened. Um, now, if you are like me, then you will start another book. That's right. probably the best piece of advice that someone ever ever gave me. When you get done with the book that you're writing, and you know you want to write another book, because I was doing this as a career, so I knew I didn't just want to write one book. That might be your goal, and that's totally fine. Right. But I wanted to write many books, and I already had an idea of the character that I was going to write about next, so I put that book down and I started another book, and that is just to get you, keep you writing, and kind of get your mind off of that other manuscript, let it rest, come back to it and reread it, and try to do a little self-editing when you're rereading
0: it. You know, now, when you say um, let it rest, how long? Yeah. What would be? How long do you usually let... I mean, I guess you're on pretty tight deadlines right. <laughs> I wish but, I had time but Let's say ideally, though, or what would be I your think, suggestion?
1: Um, I think you should stay away from it for, I don't know, like two weeks, a month if you can usually mm-hmm. it only takes me a few days to forget what the heck i wrote <laughs> well especially if you're on writing something <laughs> right. else so um it doesn't take long for it to feel new but i might also be very i might also just be i mean i have a, a very rigorous process to my you know i write a lot of books a right. year so um yeah, your
0: production schedule is pretty intense so wacky. you have to yeah
1: yeah
0: and sometimes you're editing and yeah, and then you you editing one book and then you go back and, and, finish, go back another and finish another book, which is and, difficult. Yeah,
1: so but I would say in general, I think two to four weeks is a good time. You just want to get away from it, do something else. And I know during this time, it's probably going to kill you to leave it alone. But during this time, you can research, um, you know, getting a critique partner, or if you haven't yet. Or you can research publishers or you can research how to query an agent if that's one of your goals. Or you can read. You know, take a break and read. But I would encourage you to just relax because if you are really wanting to get published and get out, this is the only time your work's ever going to be yours. You know, like you have all this leisurely time that you don't ever, ever have again because... You, it's all yours. This book is all yours. You didn't have to pitch this to somebody, have them buy it, them have the expectations of what you're going to write, and then you sit down and write what you pitched. You see what I'm saying? Sure. You have all this freedom. You yeah, can you're do not really anything yeah. you want. You have no true. deadline. You do, this isn't promised to anyone. So just enjoy it. Like enjoy that time. Yeah. So,
0: what did you So, let's go back to what you just said. Um, okay. You mentioned a critique partner. So, what yeah. is a critique partner? How is that used? How is it utilized? What What is that?
1: A critique partner is someone who is writing at your level. So if you are an unpublished author who is seeking publication, you would then find another unpublished author who is seeking publication who's kind of in the same boat with you. And if you are somebody who's writing a family recipe book that you are going to self-publish, your critique partner might be somebody who's writing a self-published book as well and is not interested in publishing, you know, traditionally or with an agent, just somebody on your level that's Got, you know, your basic skills. Sure, side. sure. I met mine on Twitter. I don't know if you can still meet critique partners on Twitter. Right. I'm not on Twitter that much anymore. Right. But it was just a writing community. I was a blogger and um, I was I joined the Romance Writers of America, so I was in the RWA. Yeah, so
0: if, if there's a local association they hook for you up sci-fi with, writers yeah, or whatever sure. your mystery or whatever you're looking into writing, that's a, that's yeah, a really good way to groups. connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, local groups yep. or even national or even... If it's more Mm -hmm. uh, niche or niche, that word is the worst. (laughs) I can never, I think it's niche because I do not, niche doesn't make any sense. But yeah, if it's a smaller group, then maybe you can find something, you know, online or on Facebook, a Facebook group or something to join where somebody can help you out. I mean, it's hard
1: to kind of trust somebody with your precious work, but I think if you, you can get to know people in writers groups, especially you don't have to give them your entire book. I did with my critique partner. Um, we exchanged books. She gave me hers. I gave her mine. We gave back, our honest feedback, mm-hmm. but ultimately at the end of the day, it's your book. If the person didn't like it, it's just one opinion, you know, right. but if, if you have three critique partners and those three people all, all say the same thing, <laughs> then you might want to take a you closer look at yeah, it. Yeah.
0: Maybe you should look at it. Yeah. So that's interesting. Now is that, is that, was your first, you don't have to say the name, but who mm-hmm. was, Was is that person published? Oh, I'll say
1: say her name. Her name is Jeannie Moon. Oh yes, we love Jeannie Moon. Is published, and I met her for the first time I think two years ago, and we had been friends, you know, for like seven years online, never met in person at all, and we had lunch together, and we just both burst into tears and hugged each other. So she yes, she's published. She's multi published. Awesome, I love it. What a cool story. um, She's yeah, she was just so sweet and so dear to me because I just needed someone's opinion and she was there for me and i think she felt the same way so um yeah yeah lifelong friendship those people that like back you before you're anybody right <laughs> right
0: and she was not published at the no uh, she wasn't either yeah. okay so she, you were both we were both in the same not boat published. Okay. yeah we
1: were like trying to get an agent we were writing we were writing romance uh yeah so and we have we've had very different publishing paths but yeah it's it's interesting the people you can meet and the friendships you can form
0: so with this critique partner you should um uh, so basically they're either going no didn't um didn't somebody like read the first three chapters or something yeah for you or um, help you out with that because um, i was
1: blogging and I was a part of the blogger community, which means I would visit other blogs and comment on their blogs. They would come to my blog and comment on mine. And, you know, we had this kind of community going. I don't remember how exactly the conversation happened, but one of the people who read my blog was like, I have a friend who's published with Harlequin and i bet she would read your first three chapters wow and to me that was everything absolutely right. everything and her name is cynthia reese and oh, so oh cool. yes we know cynthia her. read my book and the letter was one of the nicest things i've ever read at the front she said i remember when i first started writing all <laughs> i wanted to know is if i could actually write and you can write and then she went wow. on to give me her opinion of the first three chapters. So it really validated like, okay, yeah. I'm not totally right. like doing this the wrong way. So right. yeah, that was huge. But that was just networking through friends. And sure. I mean, authors are people too. I would not recommend like just emailing every author that you know and asking them to read your first three chapters. <laughs> right. I would not recommend right. that. Most authors are incredibly busy, have a sure. lot of deadlines. Beyond the deadlines we have, we are asked to read our friends' books and maybe do a cover quote, so we're reading those books. Right. and uh, But it was a genuine moment. It was an, sure. a network that a friend of a friend, and, and it right. was a kind of a favor. And
0: you had already, had you cleaned that book up, too? Oh, did, yes. Did you, you had a critique oh, partner. Oh, yes, I was ready looked, to. So you kind of find yeah. a critique partner that's on the same label, level with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so then what's the next step after this? So you have a critique Mm -hmm. partner, you know, read the book, you have some comments, some notes, um, you go back through and edit it, right? And then you edit it and you edit it (laughs) and you edit it. How does that, like, what's the,
1: it depends on your process. So I was trying to be traditionally published, which means I was trying to get my book good enough for a New York editor to look at, Right. And then eventually, I was trying to get it good enough for an agent to look at because I realized I wasn't getting anywhere trying to pitch my books to New York on my own. So Not I true. was trying to get it clean enough for somebody to say, yes, she can write. I'm going to represent her and sell her books to, you know, publishers in New York City. If you are decided, if you're going to be a self-publisher, your next step might be after you do a self-edit um, would be to find maybe find readers that you trust or close friends that you trust to do what's called a beta read and a beta reader is i send you my raw book that i've edited over and over and you read through it and tell me your opinion that's it just your opinion Just i liked it i didn't like it i think it's stupid that this happened at the end hopefully they're nicer than that but you never (laughs) know and um so after that then you're as a self-published person, I'm self-publishing my own books um, next year, actually. So I'm part of this process now. I hired an editor, okay, and a copy editor. So my next process would be write the draft the book, read through the book, send it to my hired editor, right? Okay. So you can so actually go have were, it edited.
0: So if you were getting, if you were, um, if your goal was to be self-published, that yeah. might be a good idea as well. Yeah. So you'd find a critique partner. To go through the book, mm-hmm. uh, you would edit it with their you know, notes and ideas. You know if if that makes sense, change mm-hmm. that. Uh, maybe do another editing pass yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then what was what you say? And then beta reader, mm-hmm. and then you could also have, um, you know, you could actually hire somebody yes, to edit as well. Hire a good
1: developmental editor that can look at your story and tell you what big chunks needs need to be fixed right mm-hmm.
0: and you should at least i i would think if i was being self-published that i would at least want to have um, a copy editor yeah edit it you know as kind of a final pass yes. once i've edited or however you know i've gone back sure and your forth
1: commas are all in
0: right because <laughs> dotted your eyes right because you've got TVs, this book yeah. and you've mm-hmm. been in it for you know possibly a year or six months or you've just read through it so many times it's so easy not to notice things. Sure. I mean, I I mean, how many times do you read a blog and you see an error on it? Oh yeah. Well, how many times that do you, I've reread?
1: Three do times. I read? Yeah.
0: Re- yeah, my own blog mm-hmm. or like oh my god or my gosh a Facebook post that you know mm-hmm. like what I read it three times and I still said something stupid yeah, like yeah. and so it's nice to have that extra set of eyes that is that it's totally fresh to them to edit that as well. Yeah. So so when do you think? Um, I guess it's kind of what we're talking about, but you know at some point. You know, when is the book good enough to submit submit to a publisher?
1: Oh, that is a you know, good right? question. Uh, yeah, I. This is going to be kind of a. I'll tell you what happened to me. But I yeah, was how did, how did it so work I had for a you? two and a half year process. Before I signed an agent, it took me two and mm-hmm. a half years. In those two and a half years, I wrote five books. I didn't publish all five of them a right. lot of those were learning books right i joined the rwa i went to meetings i took classes through there i took a whole plotting class i went and heard authors speak about their process i got critique partners i you know networked and was able to get a written agent recommendation and she's still my agent today mm-hmm. um that was that was my process what was the question? <laughs> no,
0: just I guess just the question is, you know, when do you think, when do you know it's good? So yeah, how the, do you know that the, the answer book is, is good?
1: because I had written five books and I did had, you
0: edit each of those? Like you had gone back yeah. to each of those mm-hmm. and edited or I had did. somebody beta read or whatever for you. Okay, It so wasn't that just I, like you wrote it and there's left it. I, there's a couple
1: have, that I chucked. I was mm-hmm. like, this isn't working. I don't like it. I finished it, but it's not. It, this isn't. This isn't it. I knew it wasn't it. It didn't feel good. You know, I got some rejections as well because i submitted way too early to like harlequin i remember mm-hmm. i got a rejection letter from harlequin talked about that on the on the other podcast yeah about how she got yeah, yeah. straight and uh yeah i think i just knew because of all that experience there was something in the book that became tempting the billionaire that just was like yeah this is it right like uh, people had read like i had obviously had a, ran it by a critique partner, and they were like, yeah, right. know, this is it, right? I hate the color of his tie, but I really love this book. So <laughs> right. I had some good feedback on it. Okay. It felt really good.
0: And yeah. I would think after writing, you know, five books, yeah, like I had you would know, Sure. and if you're reading as well, mm-hmm. if you're reading books in the genre that you're trying to get yep. published in, you're going to know, like, okay, this is crap or this is good. And I think also if you've written multiple books, maybe you can go back to one and, and read it again after you've been away from it a little while and be like, you know, this needs some work or, you know what, this is getting pretty close to being published yeah. and it doesn't have to be perfect no. because you know, obviously, you know, a, a publisher is going to take it and they're going to edit it a couple times as well mm-hmm. or, you know, completely change it and yeah. do something different. So I edited, book, but it book. needs to be sorry. Good.
1: I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt. Um, I edited that no. book so many times that I actually edited out My voice, which is a thing that you can do if you tinker with something way too much. So I took out a lot of the funny things, a lot of the punchy things, a lot of the unique things, and actually trying to make it perfect, trying to make it perfect, right? right? Mm -hmm. And then I actually went through and put a lot of it back in and went, Oh, I over edited it. I just knew I did. And that, after that, was when I landed my agent. But that book, to give you an idea, when I turned it in, was so clean, meaning it had been edited and you know was pretty much structurally so clean that when i turned it in and sold it they rather than have me wait 12 to 18 months to have it published they published it in like five months which is insane
0: yeah they did they were
1: like do you think you can edit in a book in two weeks (laughs) and i said yes i can and then i was like no idea absolutely (laughs) no idea if i can do that or not
0: so basically though I think, you know, you mentioned over editing as well, which is a thing, but I think mm-hmm. you want to make sure you've, you've cleaned it up enough that you're putting your best foot forward. Oh yeah. I mean, if you're giving it to a publisher, you know, they don't want, you know, they, they get a lot of submissions most likely. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those are probably crap. And if yeah. you can stand yeah. out from the slush pile and just be like, Oh wow, this person has been writing for a while. They have you know not only is this a good story but it's it's clean and they're like oh, we She's can She's done w- her research. Right. We she can, yeah, sure, he is we can we can we can work with this. Sure. So. Yep. And then you mentioned um the next thing I want to talk about it's so you mentioned um getting an agent and so when do you think uh it's appropriate to get an agent and again this will depend on what the person's trying to do. I mean if you're just mm-hmm. trying to self-publish you obviously do not need an agent.
1: You might um, though.
0: Or well okay.
1: You know, like, um, I used to think that, like, Mm -hmm. obviously you don't need an agent if you're just putting out a self-published book, put it out, you know, put out your book. But I will say my agent sells my game rights, my audio rights, my foreign rights, my translated rights, my film rights when I have my movie eventually. Yes.
0: Where are you, Netflix?
1: (laughs) Are you listening? (laughs) All Hallmark and Passionflix and... (laughs) Uh, yeah, so I do I just think it's a personal decision. You have to decide if you want to run you can do all that yourself too, by the way. Do you want to partner with somebody to do those things with you? Or is that something that you're going to build this empire and do all those things yourself? That's that's the only question.
0: That makes sense too. And I, I think one of the other things is it depends on you know how you're trying to get published like you had submitted books to harlequin mm-hmm. because they were taking submissions without from, an agent yeah, yeah without agents <laughs> yeah but other publishers like if they're if a person's trying to get published through a certain publisher and they only take submissions from agents mm-hmm. then you're obviously going to have to get it right
1: agent. that's going to change your your plan
0: right yeah. but again i think it's the same thing where you want to make sure this has been edited It's been beta read. It's been looked at. You've cleaned it up as... Salt
1: pub or not, yeah. As
0: best you can before you let an agent look at it. Yeah. Because if you send a book that's basically garbage to an agent, they're probably not going to be real happy to see another book from you. You know, maybe they're not going to give you the time. Where if you have something like you did, which was, you know, very clean, you know, in good shape. In fact, you had sent it to a couple different agents. And I think you know, multiple agents were interested and it was because you had gone through all these steps, you had done all this work over the last few years yeah. and really cleaned it up. where like, oh, wow, this, this is a clean voice. This person knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and this is going to be a great it book that the they can work came up professional
1: letter, with. yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the agent wants to find a good book, you know, because they want to sell it. That's how they get paid. And in fact, that's my next question. How does an agent get paid then?
1: An agent gets paid when she sells your manuscript. So um, there are agents that charge, you know, that right. charge so something, they, that make you pay them to put a book out. And those are usually not the agents you want to go with. That's, okay. That's,
0: so, nor- but normally. That's kind of
1: scammy. So if you have a that. legitimate agent, yeah.
0: normally it would be yep. they take a percentage. Yes. So um, she and, would
1: sell the book to Harlequin, for example. Right. She We write up this contract. Sure. Uh, she negotiates the advance and hopefully gets me a little more of an advance than, than maybe they offered the first time. And then I get 85% of that advance and she gets 15% of it. And that goes all through the royalties and everything. So.
0: Right, so basically, um, just to clarify, so the agent... We'll take a percentage, um, and mm-hmm. I think fifteen percent is pretty standard. Pretty standard, yeah. It depends on what type of book I think as well, but I think that's pretty much standard. Just mm-hmm. kind of like, like a real estate agent. Real estate agent will take you know their seven percent or three and a half percent or half of that right. percent uh, of the total price. Well, this is the same kind of thing where your literary agent will take, um, you know, gets paid fifteen percent of what the total earnings for the book are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you talked about an advance, and that was one of my next things was, yeah. um, you know, how how does an advance work? You know, basically, how you get paid. Yeah. How you get paid, how lady? Do you get How's money? it work? Uh, so.
1: Well, the advance is money that they give you. They give you money, and you promise to write the book.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. But
1: usually it's given half right. and half. And it's
0: an advance. Yes. So it's an advance against future royalties Royalties, correct so as an example um we'll just make up a a book so if you have a book published um let's say the publisher in your contract agrees to pay you uh eight percent of the profit for the book on the book sales uh for paperback which that's i don't know if that's something like that is pretty standardish uh depending again it depends on what type of book and what genre and all that um so that that eight percent so they're projecting when they give you an advance that you're going to earn at you know this X amount, amount dollars, yeah. and so they'll give you you know thousands of dollars or whatever if you're a big deal you know hundreds of thousands of dollars as an advance against what those future earnings will be mm-hmm. and then as you so as an we'll just use a round number of um ten thousand yeah ten let's say you got a ten thousand dollar advance then once your book sales um, and the profit from those, this, the amount that you're supposed to get, boy, this is so complicated.
1: <laughs> you are I, making it oh very my complicated.
0: God. Why don't you explain this? Well, I feel like I'm totally me. stumbling around. Oh my God.
1: You did ask me the question and then answer your yourself. I need a spreadsheet to that figure this out. But No. So yes. If there's a $10,000 advance on the book, the book comes out when the book earns $10,000, then you're clear. And everything right. over that 10000 comes to you in royalties. Right.
0: So when you earn the $10,000 yep. from the book.
1: When they make their advance back, basically. Everything right. over that is your royalties. That's gotcha. what's considered a royalty. Right.
0: And then once you've earned what we call earned out, mm-hmm. then you start getting more checks. And
1: that can take weeks. That can take months. That can take Year, years. Or it never, just, depending on. <laughs> right. it can, I mean, it can happen. It just you never depends. know. So. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. All right. And then see how long after i sign so how long after you sign a contract does a book get published and again it depends on the book but it can be Mm -hmm. it can be a while yeah
1: i like i said when i signed my very first contract it was kind of like rushed it was like can, can we get this out in five months um I just signed a contract with Harlequin for books that aren't going to be out till 2021. Now obviously that that didn't start out that way. I would say typically in my genre anyway, you're looking at 12 months, 18 month window. Okay. So this is a very long, but that's print also. So print books there's a lot of other extra steps, you know, they have sure. to lay out the book, they have sure. to, you know, do a whole cover flag. Yeah, they, they actually have, have to create involved. the book. Yeah, it actually has, they has to, to be sell printed. It. They have to sell district. it to Walmart and yeah. sell it to Target and sell it to Sam's. They have a sales team that goes out to sell the physical book. Whereas if it's a digital product, it's an ebook. those steps aren't there. And you right. might not have as right. many months. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, and I guess the point of that question, though, is, is to let people know that, you know, just because you signed a contract doesn't mean the book's going to be out quickly you know and they have to go through and edit it and and work with you on that as well um well that leads me to my last question and when do i get paid and retire on the millions (laughs) jessica i've worked my butt off for these two episodes on this podcast i have got my novel done i have you know i've got an agent i have sold it yep now when do i get paid and get to retire on the millions oh
1: man I don't know. I haven't retired yet. <laughs> it's been seven years. I think everybody's path's different. I think there is the I mean of course there's the dream that you're gonna get the film that you're gonna hit this like level of fame where you have these amazing books and you get your millions but I think yeah you get
0: a seven a seven figure yeah, book deal sure. or something like that but of I course think
1: even the ones who do that still write because we love it so much like obviously you still write books I don't know that I'd ever retire retire i'd probably still write just maybe not as feverishly as i'm writing right now um but yeah i think the yeah, money so when comes do the in millions start rolling in just I, <laughs> I think the money comes in it different and you know at different speeds for everybody so
0: sure but it can take some time i mean sure. even with with some of your books uh well we'll just use a harlequin example like you know you had been it you know it took 12 to 18 months for the book from you f- um, sign the contract mm-hmm. and get the book edited for it to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got an advance for that. So you did get paid ahead of time. Yep. And sometimes the advance is split up where um, you would get, like, you know, go back to our $10,000 advance example. Um, you would get a portion of that, maybe half of that. Let's, Usually yeah, half. You half. Yeah, get half of that up front when you sign the contract. And then you get the other half of that mm-hmm. once you actually finish once the book. Once it's
1: finished, edits mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah.
0: Right, right. Because mm-hmm. you've also sold books without it an entire book. Now that you're an established author, mm-hmm. you don't have to finish the entire book no. before they actually sign a contract, buy the book and pay you part Correct. of the advance.
1: You sign on proposal. Right. And that is just usually a synopsis that we talked about, I think, in the last podcast. It was like a 15-page, mm-hmm. a book in 15 pages. Here's what I'm going to write. And they pay you money saying, we believe you're going to write it. <laughs> right.
0: But again, so. you've had a proven track record. Yep. You know, and obviously sure. you've been, you know, this your 30th book has come out already. So, you know, for you, selling on a proposal makes, or what's it called, uh, proposal, yeah. right? on proposal, yeah. Makes perfectly good sense. Yeah. But yeah, so then, you know, you would get your advance um, but then, you know, then the book might not come out for another 12 months, sure. six months, 12 months. And then, you know, once the sales start coming in, you, you'll get paid either quarterly or, you know, twice a year normally, depending on the publisher, or what mm-hmm. type of book it is. Um, but that will be paying you for, if you're getting paid quarter, you're getting paid a quarter in, adve- in, in arrears. So you're getting paid for the quarter from before. And then as the sales come in, and am I complicating this? No, I it's, just am I'm just trying at, to let people know I'm
1: laughing at arrears because I'm apparently a child, so
0: <laughs> arrears. You get paid in arrears. Not like that, mom, <laughs> not like that. But um but you get paid before and and then it also takes a while for um, you know, like with Harlequin, you're you're um you have foreign sure. books coming out and those come out. Yeah, those come out like that could be come out I mean I think one, some of them came some of the books I think it was published in India and I think it was like 9 months later that yeah. that book came out oh, yeah. so you're not going to get paid on that for another you know year after Who the book knows? came out sure. so the point of this entire babbling and rambling <laughs> that I'm going on <laughs> is it takes a while to get paid yes. it's really nice to get the advance up yeah. front and if you get you know usually get half of that when you sign the contract that's an awesome day we're all drinking champagne yeah but then the work starts yep. you finish the book and then it really takes a while for the millions to come rolling in Basically. so
1: the joke that i used to tell when i was when i was published i only had like <clears throat> two books out with one publisher right it's like my first two books were out or maybe my three books were out with this one publisher. So I had three books with Grand Central Publishing. Right. Right. And I would tell people, I'm like, yeah, you'd be like, Jessica got her royalties today. And I was like, yeah, I get paid every six months, just like you.
0: (laughs) Which is like,
1: not just like anybody. It's crazy. But once you have 30 books, with all these different publishers, right. they all pay at different intervals. We pretty much get monthly royalties from all these places. Yeah, every so few the, months or at least so every quarter. the idea, so. it in is my, nice it's spread out. Everybody's yeah. career is different, but the idea in my career is that you have a, each book is its own little pipeline of money, right? Each I have this business, this is my business, and each one of these books is like my little companies in, in company in my business, so.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. And what's also cool is, you know, once you create a backlist, which is books that you've already published, mm-hmm. um, and they've earned out the advance, you'll get paid on those. And in fact, I mean, I think you just got paid within the last few months for the first book you published. Yeah. And it's not a huge amount, but you're still getting paid sure. for the book that you published when it came out.
1: 2013. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So that was six years ago. Yeah. So that's what's, that's the beauty of publishing. I mean, yes, It does. Take a long time to get to get the book done. A lot of times, and to get paid. But once you start getting paid, there's a long tail on it. Yeah. Um, or there can be, especially if the book is still available digitally. Um, and what's also cool and one of our the things that we love is is Jess is just always looking for new readers that you know we just love to find new readers that are that love Jessica Lemon. And what's cool is a lot of times they'll find one of her newer books. But they'll be like, wow, this is great. I really like her voice and what she's done. And then they'll go back and read other books. Yeah. And that's just really exciting yeah. for, you know, to, to hear that. They're like, oh, this is my first Jessica Lemon book. And you're like, and then they go back and read some more. So it's I pretty keep, fun.
1: I, I keep hearing from people who are like rereading The Billionaire Bachelor and that book came out. Three years ago, maybe wow. four years ago. Wow. I mean, not quite four, but maybe three. And I'm like, oh, is that three years old already? And we're still talking about yeah. Reese Crane, and we're still talking about him. So I do love that because you kind of get to go back and remember all the characters that you made before. So it is. Yeah. Well,
0: you've worked very hard over the last what ten years yeah. or so to get published, yeah. and you've done.
1: 2010 was when I started putting. Putting my yeah. fingers on the keyboard for public yeah. writing for publications. So.
0: But you've, you've put Nearly a lot of hard years. work in, and it's really paid off. And um, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and letting everybody know how to write a novel. So, Jessica, any other parting words? All the um, things that we mentioned on the show, even the authors, I'll put authors' websites um, and links to all that in the show notes at onedrinkwithjohn.com. But, Jessica, anything else you wanted to mention that we...
1: Yeah, it just it takes time. Do one thing at a time. You know, if you I we shared a lot of information on these two podcasts, and this is a journey that, like John said, has been about a decade in the making for me. So this is a lot of information. It's- A lot has changed too. I'm going to be self-publishing soon and I'm sure we will have a whole other podcast, all sorts of things to talk about when it comes to writing in that way as well. So just one thing at a time. Right now you have an idea, you're excited about your idea, write it down. Even if you don't know if you want to be traditionally published or if you want an agent or if you're any good or if you'll even like doing it, just do it. Just lean in and do it. Have fun with it.
0: I love it. That's perfect. What a great way to end the podcast. Well, again, thanks for coming out, Jessica. And we'll have everything at the show notes on onedrinkwithjohn.com. Have a wonderful day. Cheers, everyone.